This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Christen this budget Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. You don't put a bra in a dryer. I'm going to pierce the toes. I will not be upstaged by some slut with mutant lungs. I'm a homosexual. Aren't you forgetting the ruby slippers? You're guilty of nothing. I believe you were expecting me. Is butter a curb? But you're not a girl, you're a guy. And why would a guy want to marry a guy? This is going to get me my third Tony Award. Don't stomp your little lassies and Prada shoes at me, honey. It's Conrad with you for this Outtakes Extra, where I got to speak with writer-director Goran Stalewski about his beautiful new film, Of An Age. Following sellout screenings at last year's Melbourne International Film Festival, Of An Age is in cinemas across Australia from March 23rd and tells the story of Cole, played by Elias Anton, a Serbian-Australian teenager who enters a brief but intense romance with Adam, played by Tom Green, the brother of his boring dance partner, Ebony. The story plays out over a very long day in 1999, as they get to know more about each other and develop a brief but intense connection before going their separate ways. They are reunited more than a decade later to discover many of the feelings they had all those years ago still remain, even though they have become very different people along the way. This incredibly powerful and beautiful story showcases Goran as a wonderful storyteller and director and puts him as one to watch in the international film scene. I started off our chat by asking him how it felt to finally have Of An Age out there in wide release across Australia. Well, even just the fact that it's a wide release is very surreal, yeah. you know. Um, I spent most of my life being told I'm just very art house niche, you know, exotic. So the fact that it turns out that uh, my films are not just accessible, but considered commercial is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wish I didn't believe all those people all those years who told me, um, you know, <laughs> that I'm, my stories aren't universal. Um so I, I like the current proof that, in fact, they are, that, my, you know, my feelings are as universal as anyone's. Look, it is. It's such a wonderful tale. And it, I've heard an interview with you. You said this was one of the, like, the easiest projects that you ever made. But before you actually got to filming it, how did you actually come up with the whole idea and, and the concept of, of an age? When I was stuck at home during the first lockdown, actually, um, and it was in between, like, um, I had flown off to Europe to shoot my first film and had to fly home like two days after I landed. And then it didn't come back home for a few months. So during that time to sort of like preserve my sanity, um, I, I tried doing little writing exercises, but mainly what I was doing was uh, reading. Um, and I was reading a short story uh, by Karen Russell um, from in a book called Orange World, in which um, in that particular story, a teenage boy just steps into his first like party when he's in high school. And uh, as soon as I read that sentence, suddenly um, my brain just went back to the one and only high school party I ever went to. Yeah, right. Um, and not, not 
just the events specifically because it was a pretty non-eventful party but um more just the mindset of who i was just uh like you know it was essentially a person i lost touch with this kid uh you know what i i just started vividly remember remembering what i felt like at the time and just the the hope i had but not just but also like just thinking you know what love was and what love would become and what connection was and what what it would be one day um or essentially just this feeling of like that you know my teenage years were the waiting room before life was actually going to begin um and I now realize I'm not the only person who felt like that by any means um and yeah so just looking back on that kid in that particular context in the context of who I became very soon after and then who I am now uh quite a while after that um the energy kind of emerged uh, of the two main characters in the film and their dynamic and I kind of ran off um it was in the middle of the night when I was reading that story which I didn't finish until a week a week later when I finished the script right. um I didn't uh I just ran off and started writing the dialogue madly and um but most of the film was written in that night and then it took me another week to kind of shape it and finish it um into the film it finally became well just like that it's when inspiration strikes you've got to let it roll right like you've got to get mm. oh that yeah story takes over yeah you and like I mean I now also I'm kind of old enough and experienced enough to know it doesn't happen that quickly or easily most of the time so if it's happening it's like abandon everything else because this is a luxury you don't get to afford very often yeah that's amazing and I've been when I've been reading some of the reviews for the film they've been comparing them to other films and I'm more interested from you was there any particular type of film or specific film that you were inspired by in terms of the look and feel for of an age um uh not in concrete I mean you know I, that's why I had to stop reading reviews just like I got sick of reading what films I'm not as good as frankly oh, <laughs> really? and, no that's terrible and I'm sort of like I really wish people would look for me when they watch a movie rather than see you know who else might be in it um because I, I mean, obviously, you make a film in the tradition where everything's preceded, but I just think like it's really a little bit unfortunate with new filmmakers where we like don't really get looked at for who we are. Uh, we just looked at who came before us, um, and even just you know, in this sense, people get very lazy. They just go, "What else is gay? Uh, what other love story is gay?" And and features you know like the quick romance and so on and so forth. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I get very frustrated with that, to be honest. Um, Hopefully less and less so as time goes on. Um, no, like when you're off there, um, I mean, that's it. When I was writing it, I did think back to before uh, sunrise and sunset, um, just in, inevitably, because that was the, uh, before sunrise was also like the first hyper romantic story I'd ever been exposed to. I was like 10 or something when he came on Macedonian TV. And yeah, right. at the time I was convinced, you know, one day I would meet Julie Delpy on a train and life, that's what life would be. Um, so I, I literally kind of set in my head what romance and love is. Um, and then in the context of that and realizing, before, you know, knowing before sunset happened 10 years later, I think that, I mean, I don't think I know that very much shaped my writing process um, in a way. Um, Usually with influences, I think they shape your story unconsciously. I, 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 don't, I don't think any of us sit down and go, oh, I'm going to make like, I don't know, a Kurosawa style movie or whatever. Like of it course. just, it becomes stupid. Like unless you're writing from instinct, like nothing comes to you. Um, and then in terms of the visual style on set, like it's not, um, 
you're genuinely just going you, you, uh you're trying to keep connected to the energy of the main characters and their perspective and all i'm thinking about is how do i put people in in his or her skin under under like i the viewer needs to feel like they're under their skin the whole time and every frame and cut is in, even just how long shots last is influenced by how an actor is breathing and how i'm breathing in the moment i'm editing it like it, it's a very like uh visceral you know uh experience based on connecting you know with what's in front of you like i'm not thinking about even one car who is mentioned in the film and i adore and worship like yeah. you don't think about him you're thinking about elia santon and patty hook and tom green in this case like um and that's who's shaping the visuals yeah i'm so glad you mentioned the two incredible leads in your film one of the things that's really wonderful about the way this story is told, as I mentioned previously, it's got a really Melbourne feel to it, which is really cool to to see. You know, as, as someone um, living in Melbourne as well, but there's a real intimacy woven into the way you're telling their story. Um, can you just explain to us how you came to find these two perfect leads for this for this mm -hmm. great film? I mean, there was a traditional casting process going on. Um, you know, for a few months, uh, but while that was going on, I also did a separate casting call out like anyone who was queer could apply for the role without having an agent right. especially uh, queer ethnic kids uh because that was always gonna be a hard thing to find um because uh actually honestly the main obstacle to me was that um almost everyone that came through in an audition and almost anyone that ever comes through in an audition in Australia is a private school kid um they don't say dance they say dance <laughs> and it was very important to me that like the kids in this film are believably people who were living and growing up in the northeastern suburbs of Melbourne, because yep. most of us don't say dance, you know, like, I don't think this film would have worked if like Hattie Hook had to say things like, you know, oh, thank you for answering the phone call. I've been on here for yonks, you know, like, uh, let's, we have to make it to the dance. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I do find that quite often, um, like, I didn't grow up thinking I uh, that you know, art is there to represent you because um, even kids who were nominally of my demographic on, on screen never sounded like me because I realized it's almost always rich kids. And they sound quite different, even when they're trying to sound not that rich. Um, and especially when you're looking for young actors, I think most of the time you're re re um, relying on their lived experience uh, to bring forth emotions. And there's very few actors who can act something that they haven't experienced um and be like you understand the mindset that they haven't experienced at that young an age so um like Elias Anton was the first person in any of the auditions that kind of when I looked at him I felt like I saw life in his eyes like a lived life um you know when he would play pain it wasn't something that was enjoyable because you get to show off it was something that you know connected him to times he's experienced pain in his life and he was trying to get rid of it quickly and hide it you know um and that was just an instinctive process it's not like he was putting an intellectual process into that you know uh performance uh just his instincts were already really spot on um and then the intellectual parts we can fill in or not fill in as necessary um Tom Green I came across uh just through searching through clips of uh previous Australian films um I just saw something in uh, Down River, which is another queer film made mm -hmm. by a Melbourneian. Um, and there was uh, there was a few clips, but there was one that I that really struck me, where he kind of um, it's simple. He just is riding a bike, um, gets off the bike, 
walks into a bar and smiles at someone. And you know, there's no dialogue, there's no like Meryl Streep histrionics. It's literally just someone like living an ordinary day. Um, but to kind of have nothing to really do uh, while still believably, uh, you know, convincing me that you are this human being in this world. Um, you know, that's what I look for. Someone who in the silences uh, rather than in the showy moment, moments makes me forget that I'm watching a movie, makes me feel like I'm connected to a real person. And the thing about Tom Green is like, you know, when he looks at a bike or if he looks at a person, they just, they come alive. Because when he looks at someone, it genuinely, you feel like he's connecting to something. And through, he's like a conduit for the audience. Like the world he looks at becomes more alive to you as a result. It's impossible not to have chemistry with him. Everyone always asks about the chemistry. And I mean, it goes both ways. Like they're both very open as human beings and as performers, uh, you know, which is a gift to me. But um, yeah, I, I don't think Tom Green could, fail to have chemistry with anyone like just put him next to anything he'll be fine amazing yeah no it definitely came across we talk a lot about representation on our program and the importance of telling our own stories and getting our stories out there i'm really interested to know what's been the reaction from audiences and people to you about making this film i'm assuming that's been pretty positive um inevitably i mean you know even just human nature means the people who hate it aren't going to come up to me to tell me, right? <laughs> you You'd know? be surprised. So, right? Okay, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I try to be nice to people. So I Good. Them, yeah. You know, at least if you don't have anything nice to say. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it's been, like, actually what's been great is like, you know, pe people will usually just say the nice things to you, but the kind of, um, you can sense the energy when someone really loves the movie. Because um, they're not trying to convey that to you. It comes out unconsciously. Um, and that's what I latch on to. Th those are the, uh, you know, moments that you feel you're connecting with someone. And it's been great to have people, you know, um, it's it's happened a few times, like at the end of the movie, not, uh, the people who come up to me in tears that go, how did you know my story? I mean, inevitably there's a lot of uh, queer men, uh, young and older, which has been great, um, just that it connects with different generations, but also there's been a lot of straight women uh, that say the same thing, literally in those words, how did you know my story? Um, and that is the best feeling, that sense of that, you know, I get, uh, my, my stories and feelings transcend uh, demographics. And the fact that, you know, I, I haven't sanitized anything. I haven't sort of tried to make the gays more, you know, <laughs> uh, easily digestible for international <laughs> yeah, yeah. audience. I feel, I feel like, um, like I said, my feelings are universal. And I think, you know, there's enough of uh, me being who I am is enough. I, I don't need to dilute myself to connect with anyone um and yeah that feels to me like proof when i have people from all different you know uh backgrounds and uh, uh orientations and and ethnicities as well that really connect with this so intensely that they're crying uncontrollably you know well congratulations it is a beautiful film um it was really wonderful to see it for the second time it's been great talking to you just before we finish up you mentioned at the top of the interview you've obviously got a lot going on what's coming up next for you um in the very near future Hmm. I'm just finishing the next feature. Um, so I'm off to Sweden next week to finish the sound mix, actually. And it's a film I shot last year in Macedonia, where I grew up. Um, uh, it's set uh, in the capital city in the present day uh, about a, a gay woman who kind of runs um, an informal safe house uh, for other queer people who uh, oh, wow. don't have anywhere else to stay. Um, which sounds dark, but it's actually uh, mainly, you know, it's a drama, but it's mainly, uh, you know, a, a fun, enjoyable film. And 
um yeah it's kind of like a very un um unconventional intense family that is constantly finding themselves in really complicated situations and just how to find a way to persevere through that sounds fantastic looks like we're gonna have to talk to you again when that comes out thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it well done again um of an age is wonderful oh thanks so much conrad uh, much appreciate it that was Goran Stalewski, the incredibly talented writer and director whose Of An Age is in cinemas from March 23rd across Australia. For more details, see your local cinema listings and follow Goran Stalewski on Twitter to keep up to date with what he's got coming next too. I'm Conrad and this has been an Outtakes Extra. Catch up on all of our previous shows wherever you like to listen to great podcasts and tune in for new programs every Saturday from 4pm only on Joy 94.9. You've been listening to Outtakes, the home of queer film and television on Joy 94.9. Want to catch up on past episodes? Head to joy.org.au forward slash outtakes or search Outtakes on your favourite podcast platform. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.